Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. The, the word I've got, if you, if you need a, a title, if you're taking notes, is, is simply this. That as we step into a, a new year, um, I, I, God wants us to step into it with what I would call a confident expectation. A confident expectation of the goodness and the favour of God. And I think it's so important that we are able to do that because if we're not able to step into something new, then what's happening is we allow the frustration of the old to become the limitation of the new. And I know as we step out of 21 that there may be so many frustrations that were involved in the season that we're coming out of. But we have to be careful. Do not allow the frustration of 2021 to become the limitation of 2022. Because as Pastor Dave has said, we're stepping into something new. And we celebrate that every year, the turning over of a calendar. But when we talk about our journey with God, we've got to understand that whatever has gone on in the past is only a preparation for the future. And we like to think that God is always doing nice things. We like to think that our lives will always be, you know, a bed of roses and every sweet. But we've got to understand that sometimes tough seasons are just a setup for even better things that are coming along the way. You know, I don't know, you've probably heard the story of the old Russian bear um, that all its life lived in a circus, but was, uh, it was caught in a, in a, uh, uh, a cage that was only nine metres by nine metres. And, and all that bear would do all its life was just pace up and down the dimension of the, of the cage. But then some uh, people came along and they, they rescued that bear and they rehabilitated the bear. And eventually they got it to a point where they wanted to release it out into the wild. And so the day came and they took it out into the, into the area where they were going to release it. They opened up the cage and the bear was very reluctant to come out. They prodded it and they poked it and they got it to come out of the cage. But when it got out of the cage, all it did was what it had been doing all its life. And that was simply pacing up and down, turning it back and pacing up and down because all it had known was a caged life of limitation. The limitations of its past were still the limitations of its future. And we've got to make sure that God has not given us that kind of spirit. God does not want us living with limitations of the past, but with a confident expectation of the goodness and the favour of God that is already waiting for us as we step into the new things that He has. You know, a confident expectation in the natural is a powerful thing. We all understand that. Engaged. Woohoo! Have you got a date? Have you got a date? No, they go, oh, next year's, oh, no, you don't have a date. But I can guarantee you this, the day that you stand there on your wedding, like every married couple, it's a day where there is a confident expectation. I have never officiated at a wedding and found the bride and the groom sort of, well, I hope it's going to work out. No, no, no. It's always, come on. We're going to build a life together. Confident expectation. Confident expectation. When a baby is born. I mean, the parents are there and sort of, we've got a child. We're going to look at confident expectation. Confident expectation is what fills the heart of every child Christmas morning. 
I mean, they've been watching the Christmas tree. They've been watching the presents build. I mean, they don't sleep in on Christmas morning. No way. If you've got a child that sleeps in on Christmas morning, you better take it to the doctors. It's not well. Confident expectation. Good things are going to happen. But I'm going to tell you this morning, we're not talking about just a natural confident expectation. We're talking about a supernatural confident expectation. Not just that things will work out. We're not talking about just having a positive mindset. We're not talking about going to the self-help section in the bookshop and find some ways to you know, increase your um, confidence and your happiness. No, no, this is not a self-help talk. This is understanding that our expectation, our confidence comes from God and from God alone. It's a spiritual dynamic that if God is good and if we walk according to His ways, good things will come because He's a good God. A confident expectation. And so I want us to look at an example today. We're going to go to the Old Testament, to Joshua chapter 3. It'll come up on the screen. But I want you to understand as we see, have a look at this example of a confident expectation in the life of Joshua. Let's understand that it was a critical point in the life of God's, of God's people. It was a critical point in the nation. It was a critical point where they were coming out of the wilderness and beginning, beginning to step into the promised land. And I believe for many this morning that as we look at the season we're coming out of and into the season that we're going into, God is saying it's not just about a pandemic. It's not just about what's happening outside. It's not happening, not, not just about what's happening uh, in the politics of the world, but it's what's happening in the internal world of every believer. And God wants you to shake off his limitations, shake off hesitation, and embrace the new thing with a spirit of confidence. The people are camped at the Jordan River. They're getting ready to cross over. After 40 years, 40 years, of the wilderness. Joshua's obviously been hearing from God. And he knows what, what, what lies ahead as they prepare to cross over the Jordan. But the people are gathered and now they receive the instructions from Joshua. And this is what it says. Verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out. From your positions and follow it. You know, every one of us needs something to follow. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God we have an anchor. Thank God. I mean, if the last two years haven't taught, taught us anything, it's that when the world is floundering, when the world has no hope, when the world has no answers, we do. Follow the ark. You are to move out of your positions and follow it. And then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Now, verse 5, here it is. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Everyone say tomorrow. The Lord will, everyone say will, will do amazing things among you. Tomorrow. You know what amazes me about this is that in the moment, there was absolutely nothing to base his confidence upon in the natural. 
in the moment as he looked out across there, there was, there was nothing that was really going in their way. He said, tomorrow, God's going to do something amazing. Tomorrow, God is going to reveal his power. Tomorrow, God is going to open up a way for you. But it's brilliant because right now, there was nothing that they could see with their natural eyes. The river was still in flood. There was no bridge. There were no boats. They'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. Not one of them would have known how to swim. They had limited instructions. All they were told was just follow it. So they walked to a situation where it looks hopeless. They don't have the capacity to make anything happen on their own. Hello? Have you felt like that last year? I can't make anything happen. Well, that's where they were at. And yet Joshua says in that setting, it's okay. Tomorrow's going to be a great day because God is going to do something great. Where did he get it from? How do we get this confident expectation despite whatever's happening on the outside? Well, the first thing is this. We have to actually make a decision that we can possess a confident expectation. It starts with a decision that says we can be part of what God has planned in the future. Did you know expectation, confidence is a choice long before it's an emotion? I'll say it again. Expectation. Confidence is a choice long before it's an emotion. The truth is lots of us actually exclude ourselves from the confident expectation. We exclude ourselves with all kinds of different excuses. Some of us will say, well, I don't have the temperament. I hadn't got the personality, that confident sort of personality that I can get excited about anything because nothing really ever good happens to me anyway. And I'm just sort of, you know, I'm just that steady, steady person. I don't expect any sort of confidence to come out of me. I heard a great, uh, a great quote recently about a pessimist. It says this, the pessimist said, I said to myself, self, I said, cheer up, things could be worse. So I cheered up and sure enough, things got worse. (laughs) That's how a pessimist operates. But I love a better quote. David Cartledge once said this, a great apostolic figure in the ACC. Um, He said this, listen, I used to be a natural pessimist, but I've become a trained optimist. And again, we're not talking about the ways of the world, but an optimism that is based on the faithfulness and on the character of God. Some people exclude themselves from a confident expectation because of past experiences. They say, well, I've tried that before. Didn't work. I got hurt. Nothing ever changes. I've been to the altar. I've had someone pray for me. I've learnt the scriptures. I quoted them every day. I've tried this stuff before, but it's never worked. Isn't it interesting? They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. If ever they could have had an excuse of saying nothing ever happens to us, it's always going to be thus, this way, surely it was them. And yet Joshua, in the face of 40 years of disappointment, says, hey, tomorrow God is going to do great things. Can I say to you, do not give up on the faithfulness of God. Don't stop reading the book in chapter three. Chapter four is coming. So many of us give up because it's a hard chapter. But the reality is until we get to the end, we have no right to give up because God has said, I will be with you all of the way through the journey. 
Some of us exclude ourselves, not just through past experiences, but through poor backgrounds or circumstances. We just think, well, you don't understand where I've come from, Pastor. Nothing ever good comes from my life. I come from the wrong side of town. We've got a Gideon complex that says, well, I'm the least of the least, and my family's the least of the least of the least. And we rule ourselves out because we think, well, who am I to expect that God will bring a miracle into my life? Who am I to expect that great things are going to happen? But friends, it all starts with a mindset that shakes off all of those excuses, shakes off all of the limitations of the past and says, no, 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 today I am putting my mind in line with the Word of God. Ephesians 4, 23, uh, be made new in the attitude of your minds. Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, I think if ever there's a verse, a verse that we need to take hold of, it's that kind of verse. How many people have been, I don't know about you, but I've been so frustrated and so confronted by what I would call pandemic thinking. Pandemic thinking is just, you turn the news on and it's just negative, 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 negative. And we start, we start getting influenced by that. But we've got to understand, listen, as believers, we are, should never be victims of pandemic thinking. We've got to train ourselves to be kingdom thinkers. And pandemic thinking is down here. Kingdom thinking is up here. And the only way we get from down here to up there is to make a decision to say, that's where I'm going to live. That's where I'm going to train my mind to be. And listen, we've got to understand this is not an option. This is not an option and this is not an emotional journey. This is a spiritual discipline. Think about the beginning of Joshua's leadership journey. If you know the story, you know God said to Joshua in chapter 1, He said, be strong and courageous. Three times in one chapter to Joshua, the new leader, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you, says the Lord? Be strong and courageous. And yet sometimes we think we can just sort of wait for the goodness of God. Think, oh, well, nothing I can do. No, no, no. Be strong. Be courageous. Have a confident expectation about what God has promised that he will do. And understand the second point is this. Understand that it's actually not about you. It's not about me. It's not about our abilities. It's not about our capacities. It's all about God. And it's not even about our limitations. Do you know the reality is that if we get focused on ourselves, we actually have no right for a confident expectation whatsoever. What I've discovered in my life is whenever I've been in control, I've sort of made a mess somehow, somewhere. Can I have an amen? But God says, no, 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 no. When you walk in my ways, when you walk according to my word, when you walk in the power of my spirit, when you walk with kingdom thinking and not pandemic thinking, then you will see the good things that I've got in store for you. I love the fact that Joshua didn't go around beating his chest saying, hey, you've got to understand people, tomorrow I'm going to show you what a great leader I am. He didn't say that at all. He said, tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things. And if you know the story, that's exactly what happened. As soon as they were obedient, the waters just stopped flowing upstream. As soon as they were obedient, the waters stopped flowing upstream. As soon as they were obedient, 
the water stopped flowing upstream. As soon as we start stepping into what God is asking us to step into, He releases the miracle. But if we wait for the miracle before we obey, we'll probably never see it. You see, our obedience, simple as it may be, is what releases the favour and the promises of God over our lives. It's interesting. They had no idea what was going on. When when Joshua gave them that instruction, they had no idea what was going to happen. No idea whatsoever. Can I say, here's a word for somebody this morning. Stop trying to figure it all out. I don't know if you've discovered it, but humans have an unbelievable capacity to want to know everything. We love comfort and we love control. But God says, no, 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 no. Actually, my priority is not on your comfort. And my priority is not on your control. My priority is on your simple trust and on your simple obedience. So can I say again to somebody here this morning, you don't have to know it all. You just have to trust. You don't have to have an understanding of what God is going to do. I've found that oftentimes I want to go from here to there. And to me, it seems like a very simple journey. I'm just going to take three steps and I'll be there in the blessing of God. But if I've discovered this in my life, God says, yeah, I'm going to take you there. But sometimes he'll take you over here. Have you found that? And when I'm standing over there thinking I'm going there, but I'm here, it doesn't seem to make sense. Sometimes he'll take you and he'll even hide you. He'll take you behind the keyboards. And for some reason, he just leaves you there behind the keyboards. And you're thinking, God, I'm hidden and I'm frustrated. And there's no way I can ever get over there because I'm being hidden behind the keyboard. Has anyone been there? Has anyone ever felt hidden? Has anyone ever felt like I'm supposed to be over there, but I'm stuck over here? Well, if you have, the good news is this. Again, we don't have to know it all. We don't have to know exactly what every step is. We just have to trust and God is the one. If he said, I'll get you there, he'll always get you there. We've got to understand that God will never, ever, 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 ever abandon us. And he will never, ever, ever leave the plan, leave the job unfinished. I don't know about you, but I've made a few Ikea flat pack things in my life. I'm telling you, there's something in my heart that sometimes just wants to give up. It's all too hard. I don't understand. And I want to rip up those instructions. And I want to put it as a bad, bad, bad thing. I should never have got that stupid thing and shuck it out. Well, can I tell you, God never, never, ever feels that way about you. And we can muck it up. We can make mistakes. We can take ourselves to so many bad places. But I want to tell you, no matter where we end up, no matter what kind of mess we might end up, God never says, whoa, I never saw that happening. God never says, whoa, you're better than that. No, God just looks at us and loves us and says, that's the very reason I sent my son. That's what the gospel is all about. For God so loved a broken, messed up world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. He knows we haven't got what it takes. So when we understand that and when we surrender, he says, you've got to know, I'll never let you go. Paul says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, I love this, Paul. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work, 
in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, I'm telling you, you may have gone through some hard times in 21 or maybe before then. You might be in the middle of hard times right now. You might look in the mirror right now and say, what can God do with me? You might look in the mirror and feel nothing but condemnation and self-doubt. But I'm telling you, God just looks at you and says, I began a work in you and I'm going to bring it to completion. You would have heard preachers all over the globe that say, listen, God has not brought you this far to leave you here. God did not take them through the wilderness for 40 years to leave them in the wilderness for 40 years. He always had a plan and he was never, ever going to let go of that plan. Can I tell you, it's exactly the same for you and I. He's got a plan. He's got a plan, but we've got to watch our words. You talk about a confident expectation. How do you measure a confident expectation? You measure it through the words that come out of our mouths. And if we're going to build that confident expectation, again, think about the marriage sometime next year for this too. <laughs> You'll be there at the altar. And when the pastor says to you, do you? He won't be looking for a, oh, yeah, all right. He'll be looking for a, I do. I want to tell you, when you're talking about the will of God, are you going to walk in the will of God? It's not enough to be able to say, well, I think so. Well, I'll give it a go. Well, I think God's good. Oh, yeah, 22. Oh, I guess we'll see how it turns out. Oh. No, no, no. When you talk about it, it's just like, come on. Bring it on. God's goodness is already there. The words that come out of our mouths, heaven leans over, heaven, the angels lean over the balustrade and they catch words of faith. They catch the words and the words become the trigger for God's response in our lives. Words create, words shape our lives. Words create the atmospheres within which we and the Holy Spirit can begin to move. Proverbs 12 verse 14, From the fruit of their lips people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands bring them reward. You see, it's not just the work of the hands. We think in the, in the natural that, okay, if I do the right things, then the work of my hands will bring increase. But the Scripture is very clear. It's the work of the hands and it's the fruit of the lips. We've got to make sure that the fruit of our lips is godly fruit. It's fruit that is speaking faith. And it's so easy to come into church on a weekend. Hey, your team did such a brilliant job of worship this morning, leading us into that place. And can I encourage you, if you're watching online, if you are able, please, please, please make sure that you don't ever settle for online if you're able to be in the house. Because there's nothing quite like being in the house. There's a blessing, there's an anointing on the worship when we come together. And there's a blessing and there's an anointing on the atmosphere when we come together on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever day we come together. But friends, it's easy to speak words of faith on a Sunday. But what are the words that are coming out of your mouth on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because those are the words that actually matter. Sometimes faith is easy on the weekend. But what are the words that are coming out when it's tough? What are the words that are coming out when the emotion is gone and the friends aren't there? Those are the words that actually matter most. The words that come out of our mouth are so important. Can I encourage you? 
Watch the words that come out of your mouth and let's watch the company that we keep. The company that we keep determines so much whether we can walk in a confident expectation or not. I want to challenge you as we step into a brand new year, into 2022. Can I encourage you to be a builder upper and not a puller downer? Because our words either do that or that. There's no, there's no neutral. We either build others up and build ourselves up or we actually pull them down. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Can I invite the band to come up, please? I want us, before we close this morning, to sing that uh, last song that we sang before. And as we do that, I want it to be an opportunity for, for every single one of us. Whoa, what's that? Oh. Huh? The aircon. Should have warned me. How many people remember the earthquake? Woohoo! That was fun, wasn't it? Talk about a moment that described the world when everything just got shaken. Well, it was like that. You should have warned me about that. Oh, now I can't even remember where I was at. But you're here. That's good. Good. Watch the words and watch the company that you speak. First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage. Everyone say encourage. Do you know that word N N means to put in. That means you have the capacity to put courage into somebody else. But that also means you have the capacity to put doubt and fear into somebody else. Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Man, what are the words that are coming out? What are the words that we're speaking one to another? Do you know one, one reason I love the house of God is because this place is, is where it's, it's easy to, to speak the build up words. It's so good. But we've got to make sure that our relationships outside the house are relationships that, that build us up and don't pull us down. And I, I've been thinking, you know, this, this whole season that we've come through, what did Jesus say about dark times? What did Jesus say about a dark world? What did Jesus say about a light world and our position in it? I think it went something like, let your light shine. And I think if ever, you're so many, it, it, oh, it got me so frustrated when all of this pandemic started to affect the world that, that there were churches and there were Christians that we went into survival mode. And we just thought, hold on, hold on, hold on, we'll be okay, God's faithful. No, 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 listen, when we go into dark times, it's never about holding on, it's about rising up. It's about understanding, okay, there's a lot of hardship, there's a lot of darkness, but this is the time where the church can begin to shine like nothing else. And I don't know if you've discovered it, but the darker the night, the brighter the light. And that's you and I, that's God looking at His church and saying, come on, church, come on, believer. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. The promises of God are in you. The favour of God is upon you. And today and tomorrow, God is going to do great things. But we have to have that confident expectation that says, I've made up my mind. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I've made up my mind. 
that the words that come out of my lips will be words of faith and words of expectation. I've made up my mind that I will dwell in the Word, that the Word can dwell in me. I won't be governed by the news. I won't be governed by social media. I won't be governed by what's happening out there. I will cultivate what's happening in here and what's happening in here will be based on the Word, fueled by the Spirit and a confident expectation of what God has in store for the church and for me and for my house. I want you to stand to your feet if you would this morning. I want us to sing this song and then we're going to pray together. But as we sing it, I want to challenge people here this morning to just realign, just realign where your heart, where your thoughts have been as you step into a new year. And if you're finding yourself today in a place of just, well, I'm just holding on and I'm just hoping. No, there's something greater than hope. There's something greater than hope. And if that's where you are, that's okay. But there's something greater than hope. And all it takes is a, a step of faith to engage it. And it goes from being hope to a confident expectation. That if God is with you, and if God has not left you, and if God finishes what He always finishes what He has begun, then there are good things that are coming your way. But you've got to grasp it. You've got to own it. Step away from the old limitations and embrace the new expectations of a faithful God. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.